You're listening to InsuranceRadio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at InsuranceRadio.com. This podcast has been brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They have been helping those new to the industry to pass their insurance licensing exam since 1979. Find out more about how they can help you license your producers and staff at adbanker.com. Alex is an award-winning district manager with Farmers Insurance in Tucson, Arizona. He was a 2014 President's Council Award winner, an award that is given to the top 1% of the Farmers Distribution Force. He and his staff are responsible for the guidance and support of over 70 agencies in Southern Arizona. In 2010, he was selected as one of 40 under 40 winners by the Arizona Daily Star. He is a graduate of the University of Arizona. Please welcome Alex Duquette. Thank you very much. Say it's, uh, I just, it was cloudy outside and raining. How often does it rain in Tucson? You know, not that often, but we're starting to get into monsoon season here. So over the next uh, 60, 90 days, it's going to be happening a lot more. Well, I had to kind of run into the office here uh, so I didn't get wet. I wasn't expecting to get a breeze or a rain here in uh, Tucson. People usually don't coming out to Arizona. So uh, uh, tell me about uh, Tucson. Did you grow up here in uh, in Tucson? I, I did grow up here. Uh, parents are from uh, back east. Uh, father's side is from Maine. Mother's side is from New Jersey and Pennsylvania. But I was born and raised in Tucson and love it here and uh, plan on staying here for quite a while. Now, what brought your family to from Maine and New Jersey to Arizona? That's quite a change in climate. It is. I think what brings most people out here, uh, tired of the cold, uh, wanted something different, Actually came out and lived in Phoenix for a year or two, uh, came down to Tucson one weekend to visit, liked it better than Phoenix, and uh, have been here ever since. Yeah. Are your parents still living here in Tucson? They are. Yeah. They're locals down here. Yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters that came along with you? Uh, One brother uh, who actually graduated from a local university, moved out to uh, New York, uh, got a job as an engineer, and currently uh, in Boston working uh, for Bose. And you've been with, uh, and you went to school here, I presume? I did, uh, University of Arizona. Okay, what was your degree? Uh, degree was in communication with a minor in sociology, and then after that went right into the uh, MBA program through University of Phoenix. Well, that's interesting. It's uh, all in four years? No. I hear no, a lot got, of college students, it takes them on no, the four you know, or five-year plan. Four now. years and then about another uh, year and a half to get the master's. Yeah, what was your favorite subject when you were in school? Favorite subject? Uh, well, let's see. There was a movie class they had us take where you'd watch uh, different types of movies, uh, religious movies, uh, movies with, with different ethical issues in it, and then you had to write a paper about it. Didn't necessarily pertain to my major, but I found it very interesting. Wait, let's talk a little bit about work. Uh, what was maybe one of your first jobs that you had? Uh, did you work when you were in college or did that wait until after you graduated? I, I did work when I was in college. Uh, very first job was uh, washing tennis courts uh, back uh, around 15, 16. I uh, worked at a gym for a few years and then started getting into sales right after that, uh, selling alarm systems. That's really where I started to develop a passion for sales and uh, as we talk more, that's that's been the basis of my career ever since. Well, a lot of times I ask about a dirty job. Uh, it sounds sound like washing tennis courts. That yes. was a dirty job necessarily, yes. Yes, but it it's a uh, it's uh, now you you got pretty dirty. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, I guess those do need washed uh, yes, they do. if you get the dust down here. Um, 
Well, it, uh, how long did you, uh, what kind of career did you get when you first got out of college? So uh, last couple of years in college, I was selling home and commercial security systems. Uh, would cold call, uh, figure out people that may have an interest in needing a security system, go out to their home, go out to their business and do, do a uh, walkthrough and really started to develop a passion for sales at that point and realized compared to some of the prior jobs that I had, sitting somewhere and, and being in an office all day was not what I wanted to do. I like being out and working with people. From there, spent about a year and a half in the cell phone industry. Um, with that job, you were basically inside a retail location the whole time. And, and that's when I really figured out this is not what I want to do. And uh, when I graduated, I actually finished up my real estate license at the same time, thinking that that was the direction I was going to go. I have a very good family friend in Phoenix who's in the commercial real estate market, and we had discussed that being a good avenue. And I, I knew, um, Dennis, that when I chose a, a certain industry, I wanted to just run with that and not second guess it. So I spent actually four to five months uh, researching everything business related, insurance, banking, mortgages, real estate. Once I started exploring the insurance industry, looking at uh, being in business for yourself, but still have uh, a large organization behind you and the renewal aspect to grow in the operation, uh, it really made sense that that would be the best long-term fit for me. And, and that's when I started. So how did the opportunity to get in the insurance business come along? So I interviewed with multiple insurance companies and uh, primarily looking at becoming an agent. Um, went to one uh, one interview, really liked the startup program that they had, um, liked uh, how they supported you, the training program, uh, what what it was like for the first two, three years, and then made a decision that, that this is the, the best thing for me and then went full force ahead from that point. So you started as a scratch agent, uh, got your licenses, and, uh, and uh, they took you in a room and you sat and started making phone calls. It, exactly. You know, I started um, a scratch agency with a competitor that, that I won't mention. And you actually were shipped out of the city you lived in for 12 weeks, um, five nights in a hotel, back for two days, back for five nights, and it went on for three months straight, uh, going through classroom training, uh, cold calling late in the evenings, and then you'd wake up and do it again the next day. Came back after those three months and opened up uh, my own location right, right around here uh, in Tucson, not far from where I'm at right now. Yeah. And how long have you been with, uh, were you an agent with farmers? So, uh, been, so I ran that agency for approximately a year and a half to two years and then was recruited over to farmers at that time. Um, let's see, almost eight and a half years ago, uh, to, to go into the management training program. Uh, and, and then, you know, took, took me a couple months to decide if that's what I wanted to do, decided that was going to be the best fit for my personal objectives, finishing up the master's degree in business. I knew I wanted to get into management. So uh, we shut down the agency, uh, moved over here, and entered the farmer's uh, management training program at that time. So you've got, uh, now you're a district manager Correct. in Tucson. How many agents do you have under your under your uh, domain? Uh, that's a great question. So we have uh, approximately 78 uh, what we call full-time agencies which are freestanding locations out and about around Southern Arizona, extending from Casa Grande all the way down to the Nogales border. And then at any given time, we have 10 to 15 newer agents that are actually physically housed here 
in my district office that could be uh, anywhere from a couple weeks old to two, three years into the business and uh, are soon looking to get out and, and start leasing out their own office location. What do you find are some of the key characteristics to, in a successful agent? Dennis, that's a great question. Um, it comes down to two things from what I've seen. Um, and we've seen a, a lot of agents come in and be successful and, and a fair share that have struggled. It comes down to work ethic and it comes down and, and also tying in with that motivation. It comes down to coachability. Um, we will bring people in that have insurance experience. We'll bring people in that do not. And, and I always say, teaching them about the computer system, teaching them about the product knowledge, anyone can learn those things. If they're not open to coachability and working with our sales trainers on how to build a business, and if they are not hardworking and highly motivated, they're, they're not going to be successful. Uh, we can talk to them uh, till we're blue in the face about these couple items, but we can. Uh, my philosophy is we cannot teach somebody to be hardworking they have to have that in them already. And if someone has to force them to work 10, 12 hour days for those first couple of years, it, it will just be too difficult. So they don't necessarily have to have a communications degree or a business degree to be successful uh, in the business. What's the most uh, unusual degree that say one of your agents has? You know, it's funny you mentioned that they don't have to have any type of specific degree that we're looking for. Do we prefer that they have a degree in general? Absolutely. And where I think that's important and it shows that they could commit to something and then stick it out either for two years or four years. Um, what happens sometimes, as you know, is coming in and starting a scratch agency is very difficult. And those that get through the first couple of years uh, of that very rough period are successful. And those that give up after a few months um, and end up, um, you know, just kind of chasing their tail. So I like to see the degree to show that they started something, they finished it through. Um, but we have such a varying range of backgrounds. Um, a couple of our best agents were in the construction industry. Um, we've had people from the engineering background, obviously all different types of sales backgrounds. Two of my uh, most recent agents over the past few years that have been extremely successful were both teachers. Uh, and... You know, although they, they got their degree wanting to go out and teach, uh, the income sometimes is not really there, and, and it can be a very stressful environment dealing with the parents and, and the political nature, uh, and it's just a natural fit coming into this industry because they're so used to educating, and that's really what we teach our agents is to sit down, educate the, the prospect, and if you show them something and they learn something, then hopefully they'll, they'll make a decision to switch over. Now you were a successful agent before you became an even more successful district manager. Uh, what, uh, what was maybe an a experience or a experience that you had as an agent that you think uh, uh, is extremely valuable to you now as you are a district, being a district manager now? So I'll, I'll answer that question two ways. The experience I had growing up, um, watching my father, who's also been in sales his entire life, he taught me something very simple and very basic, and I really attribute a lot of success to this, and that's simply returning people's phone calls and being reliable. As simple as it sounds, I cannot tell you how often still to this day I hear, and, and when I was an agent, customers saying, I'm, I'm looking around because I did not get a return phone call. I'm looking around because every time I email them, it takes them three days to answer me back. 
And I'll never forget my father telling me when I was younger, Alex, if you just call each person back, even if you don't want the service, call them back and tell them, no, thank you. Other people have such a, a low standard of reliability, you will be successful in business. And I've kind of carried that mentality. So going back to being an agent, I was on top of things. I um, got back with people when they needed it. And a lot of people are coming to me because of those frustrations. And I want to show them that I'm different. So coming into the district manager role, I think that was important to me uh, to do that with, with my agents is we're making a promise to them that we will train you. We will help you. We will coach you to success. We will be here for you. Um, we will be available to you in the evenings and the weekends. If I say that, and then I don't answer my phone on four o'clock on a Friday when they're they're at a brand new dealership selling their first auto policy, then they're not going to feel that that support that we promised when we interviewed them. So um, I carry that into my role now, and, and every agent knows they can get a hold of me, phone call or email, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, doesn't matter. And and a lot of times they're still surprised when I answer back at, at two in the morning. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, say when you're uh, as a district manager. How in the world are you able to stay in touch and communicate with uh, over 70 agency owners out there? Great question. So obviously it's not possible for me to do that personally on an ongoing basis with every single one, but very, very good team here. Uh, something else I learned when I was an agent looking at some of the uh, more successful agents at the organization I was with was how important having a good team is. So we have uh, about seven full-time employees here. Each of them have a dedicated role and a dedicated area that they work in, and that may be uh, working on one particular product line. That may be separating out the agents, and we formed you know four or five groups, and each staff person is responsible for a certain group. We do quarterly district meetings. We do monthly breakfasts, so I can stay in front of them as a group. And then it's really just as an on uh, as needs basis where they will call me or or reach out to me when they need something. How do you find, uh, you know, that work-life balance uh, with, tell me a little bit about your family and, uh, you know, what activity, you know, what do you do after you uh, turn out the lights in the evening? So great question. Uh, married, but no children, although I still have to dedicate, um, as you know, a good uh, portion of time uh, to my wife. So, you know, what I found is if I leave the computer at work, then I'm not tempted to be going through things uh, at home. If I take it home, then I'm going to be working. So one thing that her and I have agreed to do is once or twice during the week, don't come home with the laptop. That way, when I get home, power the cell phone off and just, uh, um, you know, we will go out to, out to dinner or go out to a movie. Um, but usually Sundays, we've, we've reserved a big part of Sundays to, to go out and do something fun in Tucson. A lot of times it's go hiking um, or, or go to some type of local festival or fair going on. Um, it, it can be tough and, and it can be tough for a brand new agent to find that balance. Um, there has to be a balance there. Otherwise, if one of the sides is suffering, whether it's the family or the business, they will not be successful. And, and that's something else I think that I would attribute to my success is, is although I, I work 80 hours a week, I'm, I'm still able to um, find a good balance. What do you feel is the, probably the, and this is a two-part question. Uh, what do you feel is the most important characteristic? If you had to zero in on a particular trait or characteristic or activity, what's really essential? It's at the core of being a successful uh, manager of, uh, of producers. 
I, I think it's two things. I think you have to care about their success. And that I would put that at the number one spot. Uh, I have seen other managers that it's very, very obvious that they do not care about the agents that work for them, whether it's new ones they've hired. Um, if you don't care about how well they're going to do, uh, it, it's going to be a very short-term thing. Um, we are asking people to leave their current position, sell their current business, and come in here and purchase an, an agency from us or start a scratch agency. It's going to have a huge impact on either the financial success or financial failure of their family. And a lot of times, whether it's the wife or the husband, the other spouse is nervous. Um, so I, I think caring, caring about how they do, taking an interest in how they do, and, and letting them feel that. Because when they know that, wow, that, that management team really understands why I did this and, and has my best interests at heart, there is a much higher chance of success there. Um, another aspect there, if I had to pick a number two, it's going to be self-discipline and not forgetting what the end result is. Um, I have a goal in my mind of where I want this district to go to, not only in a year from now, but where do I want to be in five years from now and 10 years from now? I know all the little things that I do on a daily basis will get me there. And, and that's what keeps me motivated. I think sometimes managers lose that vision, lose how the, the small tasks they're doing throughout the day and how hiring that, that one additional agent is going to impact the, the um, size of the operation down the road. And uh, it's baby steps to get to a big end result. Yeah. Now, my, my second part of that question is, you know, you have... Uh, as a manager, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. Sure. Uh, what's one area that you really stink at that you know that you've got to improve? Um, so I think you're exactly right. We have a lot of irons in the fire. It can be hard sometimes to juggle those things. Um, one area that we can continue to do better at is how, and, and this involves me in what, as well, is how our different departments within the district office uh, interact with each other. Um, sometimes we have a struggle with um, myself or whether it's the recruiting department or training department or operations department talking to an agent or having a progress review or having a training session and someone else in the office is not looped in as to what was said or what occurred. We find ourselves duplicating our efforts sometimes and, and that causes unneeded staff time and frustrations with the agents. And, and I found myself going and asking an agent, uh, how, how are you coming along with this? Or how did that uh, training go this morning? And then they say, well, you're the third person that, that's asked me about that today, Alex. So-and-so didn't tell you. So it's always a constant struggle to figure out with, with such a large uh, management team on my staff, how do we separate out the roles, but at the same time, keep everybody else in the loop? Because I want to be able to walk through the hallway and know if uh, one of our agents just sold a huge account the night before. Um, and, and I want the people on my staff to also know that at the same time and, and congratulate them as we pass by them or, or recognize them for that. You know, as uh, any successful person, and I know it applies to you as well, you know, where a lot of times we do things right. Uh, but was there something maybe in the past that uh, you did it and it didn't work like you intended or it turned out to be a disaster and you said, boy, I vowed I'm never going to do that again. Uh, is there anything uh, that you can think of that comes to mind on that? You know, a lot of what I do, Dennis, is trial and error um, when it comes to recruiting specifically. 
I would say we've definitely tried some things that, you know, we tried it once or twice and then said this isn't going to work. For the most part, though, if I have an idea that I think is going to work, I will continually tweak it and try it again until it works. And a good example is uh, back towards the beginning of the year, as our organization started to get heavier into selling agencies, uh, in addition to scratch agencies, we wanted to find another avenue on how to attract higher caliber candidates. And if someone's going to come in and, and spend uh, upwards of $100,000 to purchase an existing agency, it's going to be a very different type of candidate than necessarily someone that wants to come in and, and doesn't have the assets and wants to start from scratch. So we started a uh, monthly uh, luncheon, per se, where uh, myself and the recruiting team are are seeking out local business owners and trying to get them to the lunch. And, you know, the first three lunches, we didn't have anybody. And and the fourth one, uh, we had a couple people. And, and now we've really perfected it to where, you know, we have the turnout that we're looking for. And I think, you know, I could have stopped after that, that third one or that fourth one. But, you know, I, I know with past experience, if you have something you think will work, you know, tweak it enough until you find a way to make it work. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. Oh yeah, you bet. It's uh, uh, any leader in a, of an organization has to have some quiet time uh, where they can think and contemplate, where do you do your best thinking? In the car or uh, on a hike? Or where do you do your best thinking and, and planning? At, at home late at night when uh, the day is over and everything is silent, you know, and, and that's the time where I get to sit down, unwind, um, no, no emails or phone calls coming through and I can really just think about, um, changes that I need to make or, or why this isn't working the way it should and come up with a new strategy. What's, uh, is kind of, uh, broaden it out a little bit. Uh, what person do you admire, uh, most, what, uh, what, uh, you know, was it a mentor when you were growing up, uh, you know, who would be the individual or individuals out there that you admire that you now try and you're trying to emulate in, in terms of defining your success? Uh, that's a great question. There's two people that come to mind. One I already mentioned, and, and as I mentioned, probably the biggest influence was just watching my father growing up, um, not in the same industry, but also uh, uh, has been for 20 plus years an independent contractor um, in sales in, in a different industry, uh, works from home, makes his own schedule. Uh, obviously, the type of position where no one is checking over him, and if he doesn't, do what he needs to do to get the job done, he won't be successful. So watched him uh, get up in the morning at 6.30 and go sit in his home office and just start making phone calls and, you know, traveling and doing things on the weekend and realized, wow, you know, this this is what it takes to be successful. Um, uh, inside the industry, uh, there is a, a very well-known district manager that retired from farmers a few years ago that had the largest district operation in the history of the organization. Um, and throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, managed, I think, upwards of 200 agencies uh, in, in the city he was in. And although I've, I've never met this individual, um, read a couple of books, um, talked to a lot of other managers and agents that knew him, went to presentations that have uh, recapped his philosophies and, and how he did it. Um, and, and adopted a lot of those things as well. So I, I would say he's an, been an indirect mentor for me the past four or five years. Well, we've, uh, you know, we're visiting because you have uh, demonstrated success. And uh, 
Uh, what's some of the uh, recognitions and awards that you've won uh, with uh, your company? Sure. So uh, outside of the organization, um, a few years ago, uh, I was nominated for uh, what's called the 40 Under 40, which is the uh, top 40 business professionals under 40 years old in the local community. I want to say that that was 2011, um, and, and that was a big deal here around Tucson. Uh, within the organization, we have three different levels of um, qualifications that you can earn, uh, Toppers Club, Championship, and then the most elite is called President's Council. Um, and, and I've qualified for all three of those uh, for multiple years. Um, probably most proud of my President's Council accomplishment have to be in the top 1% of district managers in order to earn that recognition and, and you know, that's, that's really helped uh, me create a reputation in the community. Alex, I know you've got to get back to your agency, and so we'll wind our conversation down. Uh, so just one final question. Uh, when you sure. were growing up, I'm, I'm sure your mother gave you some advice. Uh, what was the advice that she maybe gave you that you find is still applicable today? Uh, that's a great question, Dennis. Um, something my mother told me, and I heard this often growing up, was that I could be successful in anything I wanted to do as long as I applied myself. And that was drilled into my head from, from the time I was little, throughout high school, throughout college. And, and I really grew up believing uh, whatever industry I chose, if I applied to myself enough, I, I would rise to the top and, and I would be successful. And that's still still the motto that I live by today. Um, managing such a large group of agencies is always an ongoing effort. You could have had a great year the year before. It starts all over again every week, every month. And if you are not constantly improving upon it and constantly reevaluating, you know, things will start to trickle down. So I live by the motto that keep applying myself every day, um, keep looking at areas of weakness and, and how I can improve upon those things. And uh, I will continue to grow that operation and, and be successful. And if I do get to a point one day where I find that I'm not applying myself, then I'll figure out um, why is that and, and do I need to find a different position um, or, or do something else because I, I would not want to spend time on something that I'm not passionate about and, and not dedicated to. Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on our program today. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.